0: Uh, it's bowie from heroes beauty and the beast you're with julian on the brown in a review of m night shyamalan have i said that before? i always get that m night shyamalan yes i think so i i'm not going to go through his whole career uh the film is um knock at the cabin it's a, a new release i'm not going to go through his whole career i agree with the statement someone said a while ago guy ritchie and m night shyamalan are the two worst directors currently getting work I have um, modified slightly uh given Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, which was the first film that I didn't hate of his since Snatch um and the follow up with Statham wasn't wasn't terrible but um he's yet to continue continue to put his feet forward M Night Shyamalan has uh, had a run wow he did um The Village Lady in the Water the happening which were all trashed critically in a row followed by the last airbender and after earth which are two of the most critically reviled films this century and then followed that with the visit which was also reviled how someone with such a track record continues to make films is mind-blowing like it's it's almost like huey bowl but with a 20 million dollar budget or 100 million dollar budget in some cases since then things have got slightly more interesting the film split was better It was his first decent one for an awful long time. And Glass, uh, I didn't mind at all. I thought that, you know, Unbreakable is his best film for me. I thought they were all right. Old was his returning to sort of like his traditional uh, horror fare, but it got pretty trashed. Knock at the Cabin's got fairly decent-ish reviews. It's based on a novel, uh, The Cabin at the End of the World, by Paul G. Tremblay, which won a load of Sci-Fi Awards, and stars David Bautista, the, uh, the wrestler that has actually shown himself to be an incredibly good actor across a range of films. He, he made his name with the Guardians of the Galaxy, but actually uh, branched out into more serious fare like Blade Runner 2049. And he's been good in everything I've seen him in, and he's particularly good here. No one else apart from Rupert Grint turns up but the premise of this film and the book are, are very interesting there's a gay couple and their kid um they don't really need to be a gay couple but um it does sort of have some relevance as the movie progresses but they could have easily not been um and basically they suffer a home invasion when they're on holiday with their their probably i don't know 12 year old or 10 year old kid um I think it's uh, Nikki Amuka Bird. No, it's not. Who is it? Wen. Sorry, the, the kid's called Wen. Kristen Q. Um, they're all tied up, and basically, the four people that break into their house tell them that they have to decide that one of the three will sacrifice one of the others. Otherwise, the world will end. Obviously, this isn't greeted as a particularly sane proposition that they have to kill one of the other of their family. Um, but the uh, manner and demeanour and language of the four people that break in is very different to what you'd expect. They're clearly terrified of what's going on. And they've all been brought there by visions of the apocalypse. They end up, um, when this first round of uh, the family politely telling them to get lost, um, happens, uh, the, the one of their own takes is, is killed. Deliberately, the um, one of the four that breaks in gives his own life, and it's very shocking. And um, they turn the TV on, and they can see that the first part of the apocalypse is starting to happen, and that it's going to come in waves. And each time they refuse to sacrifice one of their family, you get the notion that one of the four intruders is going to be sacrificed instead, but that the world will move one step closer to midnight it's a brilliant premise and it really overturns the whole usual premise of the home invasion trope which can often descend into really sadistic violence and so on um this the story setup is good um i feel like m night Shyamalan is his own worst enemy as a director he completely i loved unbreakable and right at the end he does this bit that is so cheesy and so unnecessary he does several things here which which don't improve the film, uh, which could have been much better, um, such as he is notorious for not giving the audience the credit their brains were given. They, they go through p- bits where they have to explain stuff that you already understand, which gets quite grating. He also goes very PG through the moments that he should be going R-rated. There's some pullaways and softening of things which... Happen at exactly the wrong moments and tries to make it Spielbergian um, and more family friendly when it those are the moments where you should have been, it should have been more confronting. Um, some of the cutaways to what's happening in the wider world are good. Um, I found that uh, good. I think some people have complained that um, some of the ambiguity of the novel is lost. I'm assuming they're referring to whether or not it's true what's happening and that being an important element if so then they definitely make you 100% aware that it is happening Um, but it provides with some um, some good moments the wave that hits is is really well done Um, the other thing is that um, there are two really strong elements in the book that are very pivotal to the story that he does the opposite with to make it a happy bunny scenario why he does that I just don't know he can't help himself it's a, it's a truism through all of the films that he's made that he's sort of done this um, very sort of pat version of something that could have been a lot harder or a lot better. Um, so he waters down the brilliant premise. is worth a one through, definitely. David Bautista is probably the only one that stands out, apart from Christian Cue. as a little girl. She's really good. But the gay couple, why is it when they cast a gay couple with a child in TV and film do they always have to be the blandest people on earth they're like blander than the contestants in the american version of the bachelor they're like the most bland people you could ever find there's no there's no edge to them at all um they're, they're so generic and homogenized and, and easily swappable that it's hard to ever care about them i really cared about when the little girl because she's got such a dynamic personality I cared about Bautista because he's just haunted by what's going on. But the the lead gay guys are just so bland and so rote and so ordinary and so uninteresting that it's it's really hard to sort of believe in them or care about them. And um, as it progresses, there's, you know, some moments are a bit silly. It's definitely worth a once through. Um, I wouldn't put it in the bad bracket of M. Night Shyamalan's films at all. It would be near top tier, which isn't saying a great deal. Um, but it, it's a shame that he that had to not water down, but actually reverse some of the story elements so that the opposite happens in the film to the harder edge versions that happened in the book. But overall, we still get the the, the basic premise and how interesting that is, isn't lost. Uh, and it's a very interesting one that has a sort of wider metaphorical talk about you know uh what human beings are uh, existentialism and what you would sacrifice you know what what, the individual versus all of us uh which is good and which is why one of the one of the things that he stops happening and reverses is a problem because there is this notion of what the individual would give for some one individual they love versus the whole of humanity that they don't know which is the most potent part of of the book it is explored in the film it just doesn't really go there so overall it's worth a once through but it falls down an awful lot so six out of ten for a cabin in the woods